0: Con Radio, presented by Wizard World. Radio for Geeks. Now on Kickstarter, Case File Arkham, Her Blood Runs Cold. Detective Hank Flynn returns for another case that will lead him into the darkest corners of Lovecraft's most cursed city, Arkham, Massachusetts. When an old friend shows up at Flynn's office waving a gun and rambling about the abyss of the Shawgoths, the detective is pulled into a case of love, revenge, and an elite family's generational feud, one which just so happens to involve a cult that is interbred with the spawn of a Sumerian god. Case File Arkham, her blood runs cold. Go to kickstarter.com to pledge your support until September 24th, and be sure to visit casefilearkham.com.
1: Arthur, I'll be
2: in here. Quiet now, I'm recording. Hello. Tick here. You, my friend. Well, if you're an evildoer, cover your ears. Because you are listening to the Canned Air Podcast, which is nothing but Keen
1: Spoon! All right, Arthur, you can come out now.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Canned Air, a tribute to comics and pop culture right here on Wizard World's Con Radio. I am Jeremy Colley. And I'm Jack Doherty. And returning to the show this week after nearly a month off. What Can a lazy ass, man. I, know I tell you what, Jake Runyon, welcome back
3: it's to the show. It's just been so stressful. You know, I, I needed this vacation, but I didn't realize how much I missed you guys. Oh, oh. man, right in the <laughs> heart. Feels and good. I also want to apologize to the city of Reno and the Gold Nugget Hotel Staff, and the ambassador of China. And I won't be returning, so no worries, guys.
0: Uh, we might have to touch on that a little bit later. I'm very curious to find out what that's about. I am not permitted to
3: disclose, but suffice to say, they've made some amendments to the Geneva Convention. And we should all just move forward. Rockstar trashed the uh, hotel.
0: There you are. And joining us today, from Casefile Arkham, her Blood Runs Cold, currently running on Kickstarters till September 24th, we have creators Patrick McAvoy and Josh Finney. Thanks for being with us, guys. Hello there. Hey, good to be here. We're, we have a good show lined up for you today in our Retro Roundtable. We're going to be talking about South Park, as I've been seeing on TV. We're coming up on the 20th oh, yeah. year. It's almost time. That's crazy. It's a hell of a milestone for an
3: animated show. Oh, yeah. we are catching
0: up to The Simpsons. They might pass it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Another thing we'll touch on right there, the comparing of the two. <laughs> uh, then we'll go around uh, in the comic dump bin talking about comics. What do you guys got? Anything good? Jack, what you got there? Oh, I got a story out
2: of The Tick, one of the big, big giant books that they got. Can't go wrong there, Jake. I've got
3: Hellblazer, John Constantine. Finally got my hands on a collection when I was in Reno.
0: Look at you! Look at you, Mister Big Nuts over here. (laughs) That is what they call me. (laughs) I've got a little surprise for you (laughs) guys. (laughs) T-shirts. I got a little surprise for you in the comic dump bin, but we'll get to that one when it happened. all right? so didn't even
3: just, disclose before the show. So this must be Oh, it's uh, I'm just it I'm going to have fun
0: with it. I'm going to have fun with it. So, uh, those are just a few of the things we'll be talking about and then uh, we're going to turn our full attention over to Patrick and Josh and talk about Case File Arkham, Her Blood Runs Cold. So, <laughs> let's kick it off with this week's retro round table.
4: Yeah! Do it. Do
3: it. Come on. I'm here. Come on. Do it now. Oh my god. The
5: kill <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: Crap Taste bad.
6: Wow You're amazing dude Thanks I like to play
0: Alright guys South Park Where do we even begin it's With this amazing show You've got
3: 20 years of material And almost all of it Is like solid gold that's, that's a biased opinion
0: I love right. South Park Oh me too I feel like I'm in good company you are. Um, South Park, I remember when it came out. What was it, like, 97? 96, 97? I was later than that. There was nothing in the well, world... coming up on 20 years. ...that I was less I allowed to be, watch yeah. than South Park when I was younger. That was like... Well, if you remember when it came out, just like when The Simpsons came out, just like when Beavis and Butthead came out, you know, the uproar of, uh, you know, this isn't fit for kids right. kind of
3: thing. Ride the wave of controversy.
0: Right. Now, you know, with The Simpsons, with Beavis and Butthead, that... Eventually fizzles out, and it's you know it's okay for anyone to watch. I don't care if the kids are watching oh, The Simpsons; sh- it's harmless, you know. Um <laughs> well, he
3: said ass. But,
0: but twenty <laughs> years later on South Park, they remain uh, very they, sharp. They haven't lost that edge. No, you know? twenty years later, you can watch it and be like, you can get shocked. Like, oh my god, oh my god, are you serious? <laughs> they just sewed his ass to his <laughs> mouth. Yeah, know. You know, like, <laughs> some of the like
3: visually graphic. <laughs> Like sexual things they can depict on that show. Right, it's yeah. <laughs> How do they get away with it?
7: What well, about- actually, uh, the reason they can get away with it is they hit that point. Where it got to, everyone just expects them to be so damn offensive <laughs> that it's just like, oh, it's South Park. Never, mind. don't even think about it. Don't, don't, don't even mention it. You're going to encourage them. Right. <laughs> they've learned. <laughs> That's well. The when truth. they
4: got to the episode with the counter for how many times? Oh yeah. Uh...
2: Uh, right. Oh yeah. How many <laughs> times the they the said trick. shit? How many
3: go?
4: We I can't believe
2: how
3: many times they made that. Yeah. Mostly on just regular TV, too. Yeah. Can you beat that first, like, the moment in the show, within the show where they actually say shit, and that whole sequence, like, you're waiting for it. Here it is. Yeah. Here it is, like, two cops going at each other. It's like, y- you got a little shit right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the balls, you know, that joke. That's such a patient payoff. It's something oh, Something about it is magical. It's almost genius. They've got just the right proportions of of, of wit, and then total crass, senseless, mm-hmm. profane nonsense, right. and the two just like complement each other perfectly. I don't know how they do it. There's something, I, there's something brilliant about it. Uh,
0: yeah, to say the least. Um, and the thing they have going to their advantage that no other cartoon can say they do is you know they're and there's a documentary on it. There's six days to air. Yeah. They oh, produce a whole what episode an awesome program. You know, from concept yeah. to the television screen in six days. That's crazy. I, mean, I think these people are working like 14, 15 hour days. Yeah. There, uh to make this happen I mean, it was but, not construction that's a brilliant documentary.
3: documentary too <laughs>
0: exactly it, it really is highly yeah. recommend to see that it. whole
3: process that yeah that
0: where documentary where is fantastic
3: they've got their woman who's like the liaison to the censorship board what's the name of that organization oh, that? it's been so long since i've like seen that. it and she's on the phone she's like yes that's right he he puts he puts the food in his rectum right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he defecates out of his mouth that's correct Okay, yeah, yeah. Happy Easter to you too. Quick,
0: you know? <laughs> It's just every week with this shit. They're so numb to it, man. right? And the benefit I think they have to doing it, you know, so quick is they can stay current, as oh, we've yeah. all seen. You know, and that's such an important
3: part of their humor is that they
0: exactly. They and it's something that came into play over years because it never it didn't never started that way. Oh, sure. for sure, sure. But um, you know, they're they've kind of become the voice that, I don't know, that you can't be. You know, when you see Kanye West do ridiculous bullshit on TV, or just, you know, the crazy crap you see, you want to say something, you want to have your voice heard at how retarded you think this is, but you you just possibly Kanye, can't. you
4: are a gay fish. Right. And then here come Trey,
0: Trey and Matt, and Who they just... could get away with that? Yeah, they they say it for you. They do it for you. You're like, somebody said it. Okay, good. I, I feel good now.
3: And, you know, it's and, and there are things... South Park discusses, and they take stances that I don't always agree with. You mm-hmm. get the impression they feel toward one direction or another of even like a contentious issue, but South Park has never upset me the way a conversation about like politics or something with a with a real person can sometimes upset you, sure. you know? When, when you meet someone you disagree with on like a fundamental level, it turns into a fight pretty fast, but South Park, they've hit me with things I don't necessarily agree with and I've gone like, oh, well, you know. Right, it's
7: it's still funny, though. You know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, they're the uh, court jester that can say anything. (laughs) Right, right. They've earned that, by God.
3: Oh, absolutely. What are you gonna do? You're gonna fight (laughs) South
0: Park? Oh, don't say this. What? They've had to go through so many legalities and so many just disputes over the years.
7: I wasn't sure how quickly I wanted to bring this up, but since we went er, immediately to the legal disputes, <laughs> uh, I have actually an inside track on some of that, and uh, oh, there is stuff I cannot say, but uh, my brother-in-law is one of the partners at the law firm that represents them.
3: No kidding.
7: Wow. Yes. um it is called uh, Morris, Yorn, Barnes, Levine, Princeman, Rubenstein, and Korn. Do they have law an
3: for... <laughs> acronym they go by? <laughs> yeah, one hell of a
7: mouthful, but that it is ne- the it needs a, for... It needs a the end. It's a... Anyway, <laughs> right.
3: also known as SHIELD.
0: <laughs> yeah,
7: SHIELD. And they do a lot of uh, representation for uh, Comedy Central, a number of uh, comedians, and uh, HBO. And my brother-in-law what has been for... I don't know, about 10 years or so, been on the team that also represents uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker, and just some of the stories of what goes on behind the scenes. There's stuff he said, you know, uh, maybe someday when I'm really old I'll mention it, but I I can't even tell you. If you think what went on in the public news, you have no idea how heated it was behind the scenes. Oh, I can't imagine.
3: I don't even want to know
0: the truth. (laughs) Because
7: whatever works its
3: way into my
0: imagination is... It's 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 been a show that has broke so much ground for television and television history and for shows to come. I, you know, it's like uh, we've talked about before, like on the Brady Bunch, for instance. They weren't allowed to show a toilet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> some pioneer came along and showed the first toilet on television. A true visionary. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just an example, though. You know, and I don't know were they the first to say shit or were they. I don't know. They're probably
3: the first to have two human-sized pieces of shit vomiting shit on each other. (laughs) That's the only show I've ever seen that particular phenomenon. That's true. They
7: they
4: also broke ground in the uh, two school kids vomiting in each other's mouths.
0: (laughs) Tenderly. Oh, my God. (laughs) The uh, Scientology episode, I mean, that The episode that destroyed (laughs) Chef. Oh, Yeah. I didn't even Actually, think about that. Actually, destroyed Scientology. Yes. Sure. Seriously. I'm coming in the closet. <laughs> was that the same? That was the same yeah. one, right? Was it, I don't know where they were in come the come closet. Come out of the closet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can never remember. I think those was like two. Ah, I'm not going to. I that. do too, but I feel like they were the you're, same sure, episode. I feel like you're right. Okay. Anyway. anyway. Yeah, because everyone that was in the closet was right, Scientology. Yeah, 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 right? yeah, John Travolta. Right. Come in
3: the closet. Oh, my, oh
0: my God. <laughs>
7: <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, is though, um, kind of the, uh, I guess, interesting thing about that episode is not only did they just hammer on Scientology and tell the truth about what they believe, but they kept putting in these Scientologists that we are all very familiar with, who for years, uh, the church had manipulated and pushed around by uh, holding over their head, well, if you leave the church or speak up or do anything, we'll make it very clear to everyone you're gay. So they went out of their way to put those characters, there in the closet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> them, you on. know what? I never made even... sense, then, yeah. I, I knew quite a bit about Hubbard just because he's so damn hilarious, but...
0: I mean, isn't this the same guy that brought us an American success
3: story in a really fucked up way? (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. To reach that point. The dream is real, everybody. You can be anything you want. (laughs) Wasn't he the same guy that did War of the Worlds? Yeah,
7: yeah. No 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 no. no, no. no. Battlefielder. Uh, Damn it. Yes. Battlefielder. Okay. Sorry. Okay. How dare you, (laughs) sir? How dare you dirty the name of H (laughs) G (laughs) Wells.
2: This is Battlefield Earth like the basis of the whole religion too.
3: Well,
4: his, uh, it was all the same very,
3: generic bullshit. Yeah,
2: so.
4: yeah. He he did very, very. Uh, I I don't want to even say boring or ordinary because it was batshit crazy, <laughs> but bad, turgid batshit crazy science fiction back in the fifties, which was when he was doing it in the fifties. It was already very dated, uh, and he, he was not a great writer. But, yeah, he uh, he said, you know, I could just... Uh, somebody, some smart person could make a mint
2: basing a religion on all this crap. And that and reminds grew. me of a, another South Park episode
3: with uh, the yeah. whole Mormon story.
0: Yeah.
3: And then Book of Mormon, like, crushing it, winning yeah, all yeah, of these... Yeah. R- I, I can't believe I just used the expression crushing it in a... <laughs> Non-ironic like way, like, GMZ <laughs> reporter over I here. <laughs> but I, I never was got the totally chance. Totally gnarly turtle. <laughs> Grant, I do say gnarly all the time. <laughs> <actually>.
6: <laughs> Candace taking
3: gnarly document. back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get ready, it's coming. Oh lord. We're re we're setting here. <laughs> that's what we're doing.
0: New shirt. I'm going to say can there. Gnarly. gnarly. <laughs> yeah, gnarly. <laughs> mm. Oh, man. Oh, man.
7: Uh, speaking yeah, if of... If you ever want to do a show on Hubbard and Scientology, I can tell you stuff that's just freaking hilarious. <laughs> oh, no, Did no, no, no. <laughs> we're, we're not looking, looking to apart. be killed just yeah. yet.
0: <laughs> Politics and religion, I've learned, are things you don't talk about on the radio. Christ forbid oh, yeah. you fuse the two <laughs> <laughs> for once. <laughs>
6: we Talk about religious politicians?
4: <laughs> religious politicians having sex. <laughs> <laughs>
7: That's, that, that, that sounds great. Sign
0: me
3: up. That's the, actually the name of my autobiography, if Religious Politicians.
0: <laughs> we're on the way to a parental advisory on this episode, yeah. I
3: feel. <laughs> so we're going to have to start broadcasting from the back of a moving train or yeah. something. will <laughs> <little> pinpoint us. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> On a ship out in the <laughs> sea, pirate radio. Coming
3: to you live from
0: international waters. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, we got to get past this. We got to get back on topic here. South Park. Well, rather, someone touched on the Book of Mormon uh, and other projects, basketball and orgasmo. <laughs> These movies were fantastic. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yes. orgasmo. Uh, was, I never saw it. Mormon, who oh, was a oh. stunt cock in, uh, <laughs> yeah. stunt stunt in porn. Cock. <laughs> <laughs> You know that is a they black
7: really, man, right? They really like them some Mormons. They love Mormons. Yeah, even uh, Cannibal the Musical, it was Mormons. But uh, uh, Trey... That's, I uh, forgot about that one. Trey Parker uh, has kind of a weird fixation with Mormons in general. He's said this. Um, that... Uh, it shows. He's it shows. a Catholic. Yeah. He himself is a Catholic. But he is very fascinated by this very young american religion he knew a lot of mormons and apparently was friends with a lot of them and has you know mixed feelings it's kind of a weird thing but yeah uh he's just kind of fixated on the whole subject
3: you know i spent a lot of time uh when i was in nevada i lived in places with really huge mormon populations and i tell you what The like Mormon people, the Mormon kids would have been kids at that time around my age who like rejected their Mormonism early on. The coolest people I knew in that area, like the anti-Mormons, the generation of Mormons that rejects it. Awesome. Like probably my (laughs) my favorite demographic. So I I think I owe them something for producing some of my best friends in that area. (laughs) Just angry, suppressed people, tired of their lives and their families. Make for good uh, good drinking buddies. <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs> How about basketball? Get a drink. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah. How about baseball? <laughs> basketball is is uh, a dramatically overlooked movie. It it uh, has I think one of the best scenes ever in the history of cinema, which of course was their uh, their big makeup scene where the only thing they say is "dude." Yes. Oh <laughs> yes. Dude. Dude. They, they, they can make that one word mean anything.
0: <laughs> Squeak Scolari, man. He was one of the yeah. best parts of that movie. Little bitch. Little bitch Scolari. Uh-huh. Yeah, but you're a little uh-huh. bitch. If <laughs> you guys ripple me 13 or 14 more times, I'm out of here. You know, I uh,
3: I almost feel like I'm in danger for admitting this. I've never seen basketball. Get the fuck. I know, up. right? I as you, soon
0: as you leave here, then. that's that's what I'll, tonight's the night. It's funny, I'll dude. You'll it love now. it. I mean, as big as South Park fans, you know. are. It's, I don't know. It might be on Netflix. I hope, I hope it is. <laughs> I think I don't it is. Know. I had to catch it. It had just happened to be on TV a couple weeks ago. Hmm. I was able to watch it. It had been a while. It used to be on Netflix. I mean, maybe it's gone now, but who knows? Well,
4: worth seeing if nothing else, just for seeing. Uh, uh, what's her name? Jenny McCarthy.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, she was
2: Suck, uh,
4: literally sucking the chrome off a trailer.
2: <laughs> <couch>. <laughs> who forget who can forget uh Victoria Silstead, playmate
0: of the year. Oh yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> But I got a uh, lobby that needs buffing if You know yeah. what I mean I know exactly what you mean <laughs> I'm sick of that shit But no, me and you always talk about the noise he makes Like whenever he's like Who's Ty Cobb? Ugh. Did I just fart? Yeah. Ugh. I don't like this I'm out of the loop I'm not used to this that's your own fault. You've had plenty of time.
3: Plenty of time. Is this what it feels like when we're around real humans and none of our in-jokes j- are flying? It's like everyone yeah. in the periphery is like, what the fuck are they talking about? So it's like that's uh, for us
0: daily, I think. talk? Yeah. Everyone's looking at us like, we better get back to the studio. Who is yeah. that man? Back where we belong. Oh, uh, favorite episodes, guys. Oh, my
3: God. Um, it's all right. I should pick one that's like really politically biting or super progressive or puts forth some radical idea. I just love the episode where Cardman pretends he has
0: Tourette's. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I got a golden ticket. Uh, yeah,
4: that's, that's a good one. Uh, hey, I, I want to do mine before anyone else does Go it. Go ahead. The get, the Cthulhu trilogy. Oh man! Oh, yeah. don't,
3: don't get me started. <laughs> the king, <laughs> <laughs> and and Kenny's
4: Kenny's destiny and t- Kenny's superpower. That's I
3: mean, a pretty that, cool that way the, to explain that, that whole good. phenomenon. Yeah,
0: yeah. As ridiculous as that show can be, sometimes the writing is always really, really good. That was really good. How they worked his always We're dying fine, as yeah. his superpower. I thought it was it's
3: really interesting yeah. the way, like, just recently, the last I don't know two three seasons. There's been like continuity in a way you haven't seen in previous mm. seasons. Like, events have mm-hmm. started to present... Like, I mean, you know, shit changes in the show, and it alters the setting, but like, lately, they've been really into, it seems like, like cultivating all yeah. of these changes to the <laughs> setting. And I don't know. It, it took me a little getting used to it. I'm like, oh, oh my God, they're acknowledging the events of the past now. <laughs> right. Know?
7: Oh, wait, what, yep. what, what rating is this show, by the way?
0: <laughs> as long as you're not... So- Bashing religion or politics, we're good. Oh, okay. I thought you about South Park. You
7: know, with the introduction of PC Principle, and they had that whole thing about how PC really stood for Pussy crushing. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Will Wheaton had a rage quit on Twitter when people kept calling him uh is it Wesley Pusher, Pussy Crusher? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wesley Pussy Crusher. And he just finally had a rage quit and said, Anyone who calls me Wesley one more time gets blocked. <laughs> oh, my. Because well, he got a flood of that the day after the episode.
3: <laughs> gee, you got to embrace that shit. Get it on a t shirt, yeah, really, get a right. tattoo.
7: And he'd even said, You know, they've gone too far. <laughs> what
0: about you, Jack? Shake weight. Oh, oh my God! Oh, How about old fashioned? Were... Old fashioned? Oh, yeah. sure, sure. Come on, just real quick. You know. <laughs> that was good. You're change for. A Why cab.
4: don't you tell me about the other women you yeah. hate at work?
3: <laughs> you are so confident, confident and
0: strong.
2: <laughs> That's when Randy was doing all the cooking too.
0: <laughs> Trans- no. Trans- fresh. cafeteria, fresh. Yeah. Around the fridge. <laughs> you got to do the rest of the show in shake weight. Loss. No, I can't. <laughs> I, I don't have the strength. <laughs> It hurts. <laughs> oh my god. Um one of my favorite uh sea people and seamen. <laughs> you remember that? Oh, yeah, he yeah, gave so... me a whole bunch. I just had to close my eyes and suck it out of a hose. It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> That episode was fucking fantastic Sea people plus sea men Equals seaside <laughs> yeah. Well you know in uh, I, knew, I knew I was going to bring that episode up And I dug a comic out that actually has the old oh, sea, the Sea monkeys ad on the back here Now look at these humanoid people here With like the three antennas on their head And you know I think most people know what these things look like through. Uh, I can know, feel a decade
3: of disappointment Imprinted on this image And just radiating like Have, you, have you guys ever had sea monkeys
0: Has anyone here ever had sea monkeys? My sister
3: had some back in the day. Fortunately, she didn't expect that. She was just like, "Yeah, I want some gross little micro shrimp." (laughs) Right, krill shrimp.
0: Yeah, shrimp. I I I had a friend who got some sea
4: monkeys. (laughs) Yeah, a friend of mine got the sea monkeys, and he, uh, he spent a couple of weeks trying to convince me they were actually really cool.
0: <laughs> Man, that's just somebody desperately wanting them to be cool. But those deep down, they're not cool. So I bring this up because I wanted to read this to you guys. Uh, this is fucking ridiculous. So, so just uh, hang on to your chair for this one, okay? Sea monkeys own a bowl full of happiness Wow Instant pets <laughs> A bowl full of happiness That's, That's a tall in itself order. a tall claim <laughs> yeah. yeah Just add water That's all In one second your amazing sea monkeys actually come to life Yes they hatch instantly right before your eyes Now simply grow and enjoy the most adorable pets <laughs> 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 To ever bring smiles, laughter, and fun into your home They're that fucking adorable No Here's wow. here's the one line that that brought it home for me. They are so eager to please that they can even be trained. No, no, no. wrong. No, you cannot train these things. <laughs> they are mindless little krill shrimp. And it shows. A, Watch as they swim toward the food. Right. They, they, it shows a family here, a family who's gazing into a sea and you see the shadows of tiny humanoid tail <sighs> things like swimming around, like waving at them. <laughs> Well, Man. like a, uh, Play
7: music and watch them dance <laughs> Right
0: <laughs> and, and you know this is just Being com- a comic book reader over the years You see these ads over and over So to see South Park tackle that oh, and so awesome. To see people, see men It was, it was perfect Like Love John me. Hammond talking about The, the uh, Flea Circus Yes. yes. <laughs> Look, Mommy, there's oh. a flea. Oh, do you see the
3: fleas? I see the fleas, Mommy. <laughs> that illustration, it's just like, you can't train them. They're not each. Breed them larger and larger. Make one your wife. It's like all these things.
7: <laughs> For $1.
0: twenty-five.
7: that yeah, much happiness is in your life.
0: Okay, we still need a favorite episode
7: from, I believe, Josh. The one that really sticks out in my mind, with it really just solidified in my mind that these were people who were really going to take risks and were going to cross boundaries was the Scott Tennerman episode which repeated Titus <laughs> Andronicus and That's he had game. fooled <laughs> the yes. Scott into yes. eating his parents that was brilliant That oh, was I'm thinking of the wrong person
0: yeah. I was thinking of the kid with diabetes the <laughs> this Tom, Malkinson. I'm Scott Malkinson. I got yeah. diabetes. Oh, yeah. Oh, this guy's totally uncool. It's like Radiohead shows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. What he fed him to, like, put him in chili and <laughs> fed it to him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to get that so Shakespearean. Good in
3: your tummy Man, that's
7: scared. awesome. All right. The chili is kind of a Texas Chainsaw Massacre reference, <laughs> it is, isn't it? too. So One of them hard shell peppercorns. I <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, guys, uh, to top the retro roundtable off here, I got some South Park trivia questions. Oh, is that everybody on board? Get hyped. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. All right, I got five of them here. Number one, in the episode Smug Alert, whose Oscar acceptance speech caused a dangerous amount of smug? Oh, Ooh, I know that one. That's George Clooney, right? It was George Clooney. Hollywood's yeah. oh, was...
3: always been ahead of the curve.
7: <laughs> George that's Clooney. weird about that? What's that? Is something must have happened between them because it was uh I believe it was oh, yeah. Clooney who hired them to yep. to make that uh, spirit of Christmas as a uh uh short as a kind of a gift, a Christmas card to send around. That's you know, like a Clooney I, move. I don't think he hired them. It was uh it was another
4: executive, but Clooney's the one who made all of the videotapes and sent them to everyone in Hollywood.
2: Huh. Wow. Yeah he was their, what, the only real guest star cuz he's the dog he, he's, he's <laughs> the had dog.
0: many they've had many guest stars but like when they when the show started they just gave him the most insignificant roles yeah. yeah he was You're the gay of, dog yeah perfect all right next question here what does cartman name his own amusement park Oh, okay.
4: was that casa something uh no, no, that was
0: the that restaurant.
3: Was
4: yeah. Yeah, That's that a real the place. Restaurant. Yeah, it is. Of mine's been there. Oh, uh, got to go. No, what, yeah, it's like what,
0: right what, on the tip of my tongue. Wasn't it just? Now you guys have me second guessing here. <laughs> I thought this was a giveaway. Wasn't it Cartman Land? Was it? Was it just yes. Cartman? I wanted oh. to say Cartman Land. I think it, it like, is no, too easy. It's too simple.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Man>, it
0: Cartman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> what are the Family Guy writers in uh, Cartoon Wars episode? Manities. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Brilliant. Oh, yeah,
4: that one had Bart Simpson in it, did yeah.
0: <laughs> That's right, yes. Oh. <laughs> oh, man, this one was a great episode. This made me laugh so hard. But what famous former NBA, NBA star helps Cartman and Kyle find a cure for AIDS? Magic Johnson. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> it's <laughs> money. Money is the cure. Grind up cash into dust and put in your bloodstream. And it <laughs> And then like canonically, the world of South Park is free of AIDS. <laughs> you <know, it's> just... <laughs> Alright, and this was another good this made me laugh so freaking hard when I saw this. And Osama bin Laden has farty pants. What episode or excuse me, what animal is frequently mistaken as Stevie Nicks? Yeah. Yes, the GOAT. (laughs) Oh, my God, Stevie Nicks. (laughs) 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 Miss Nicks, Miss Nicks, (laughs) an autograph. All right, well, I think that'll do our uh, South Park talking. That was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Man, we got a lot deeper than I expected to. That was great. Okay. South Park, don't ever change. No, please don't. I wonder how much longer they're going to go. You think they'll go for 30? (laughs) I don't, I don't think, I think any of them have think, talked of
3: any endings. I think these guys are going to go until they feel like it's time to stop. That's, I don't think they'll, they'll let it. They
7: wouldn't tell them they're beating a dead horse and no one cares anymore. That, that makes until sense. the news stops. I can see <laughs> them
0: trying to uh, maybe stop at 31 episodes, just Trump the Simpsons one, <laughs> yeah, one year. Yeah, I, I would. would. You yeah, really. I would if you've already got 20 years on your phone. Right. Anyway, let's get into the comic dump in here. Comic dump yeah. Who would like to go first this week? Jake, how about you since you haven't been here?
3: Mine's fairly quick because I read like six different stories and they're all starting to blend together the further I get from the time I read them. (laughs) Um, But the one that really stood out is Constantine, this character. I read some of the early stuff where he's introduced-ish. You kind of jump into who this guy is. Blonde, trench coat wearing, hard drinking, chain smoking, English magician slash investigator total badass foul mouth knows all kinds of weird friends he's got crazy connections to all sorts of occult worlds awesome character everything i love about every setting it's it's, he's got it all it's a complete package and this particular story is he's following a series of mysterious deaths of like rich up-and-coming yuppie types in this newly gentrified district in london i think it was um And he's got some sneaking suspicion that things aren't what they seem. And he goes deeper and deeper and finds out it's part of some land grab real estate scheme perpetrated by the financial district of hell to keep the infernal dollar strong. (laughs) (laughs) By gentrifying these slums and forcing out the people who live there, feeding off that misery, and then letting the poverty encroach to cycle the misery back into the wealthy who just bought it and also just kind of killing them sometimes and all these clubs are popping up where demons and human skins are gathering to like drink infant blood and do all kinds of weird morbid shit and behind it all is this huge fat grotesque like tailcoat and vest wearing demon whose name's like the lord of flatulence or something (laughs) (laughs) and he's got all these scheming little wall street imp creatures doing his bidding giving him stock tips and stuff and then the whole thing is just Constantine trying to derail this uh, this weird scheme by this Lord of Flatulence demon figure. And so much weird shit goes down. He ends up infiltrating the home of this wealthy couple who he suspects to be demons in disguise. He's correct. And, like, it looks nice on the outside. On the inside... The curtains are like human child skin and oh like my uh, God. furniture's made of bones and the the couple is there and they've like shed their human skin they're all gnarly and demonic there's that word hey <laughs> here know? we go and i mean it in like the literal <laughs> physical sense they're gnarled but whatever <laughs> but he's i remember this is a standout frame where he's like oh honey you should listen to this new album it's called oh, what was it called give me just a second it was called, it was like The Screaming Souls of Hiroshima Desiccated for Eternity In the Fires of Asmodeus It's just like this long now. <laughs> and he starts playing this record And it's just wall to wall screaming <laughs> And like Constantine's ears Start bleeding so he's got a bail But it's horrible And he, he ends up um, he, it's, it's really slick He like exposes the plot Not to humanity But to other parts of hell So the stock market gets all panicky because they don't think it's going to work anymore and the value of the infernal dollar drops. (laughs) So this Lord of Flatulence appears to all his subordinates who helped him with this undertaking. He said, I warned you. uh, Eternal damnation, the lowest pits, if you fail me. And he opens up his mouth and vomits this bloody wave of, like, stock ticker tape. (laughs) Like constricts and crushes them. It's the zaniest shit I've ever seen. And it only got weirder from there. And I love it. I absolutely love it. Weirder from there. Dude, it's awesome. Wow. It's, It's not afraid to go there. And it's got these interesting concepts that are weirdly executed, but you're on board. You're on board the whole time. Oh, there was another one about some demon made of flies that forces people to eat things until they explode. Oh, there's so much going on, but it's so cool. Constantine, Hellblazer, get in on it. Justice League, Dark, he's like the flagship dude. So, yeah, hmm. he's like the leader. Yeah. Keanu Reeves didn't do that movie, no. that character <laughs> Justice And all. I
0: like Keanu Reeves as a person. Are there any <laughs> movies Keanu Reeves has done I, justice? Uh, John Wick was cool. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna
4: totally uh, be politically incorrect here and say I love the Constantine movie you, and you really? Keanu Reeves was great in it. Okay. Now the thing is, if if you're a fan of the comic book and you wanted the comic book on the screen, you didn't get it. You didn't get it at right. all. But if you do your best to, because uh, I'm a big fan of the character and the book, and uh, especially going back to his Swamp Thing appearances uh, with Constantine, but. Uh, Uh, despite all that, I watched the movie and I I just kind of set aside my mind okay, this isn't going to be anything like the book and with
3: that in mind, I thought it was a great movie It's certainly cool and I tell you what, Peter Stormare as Lucifer at the end there is a revelation I think that's hands down the coolest part of that movie so it deserves to exist, if only for him in that role Oh, and and Tilda Swinton Oh, man, oh, I completely forgot she was the greatest <laughs> we, we, we need someone androgynous and weird. I, I got Swenton on speed dial. Let's just bring her in. It's like she's your go-to when you haven't really settled on a gender for the character, but you want to emphasize. Oh, the played, what Gabriel? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, she was yeah. so cool. The series
2: for Constantine. Now that was good. There was a the yes. TV series. Was yeah. it really? Yeah, it was really good. That I've completely
3: got it. slipped under the radar I got it for at me. home. Oh. And they've been oh, bringing him now, back yeah, in the yeah. other
4: DC shows. He's yeah. and he's apparently going to make some more appearances. Cool. Who cool. have to
3: check that out then? Because wow, the comics were really doing it for me. Very cool. Yeah i oh, glad
0: you had that. That went longer
3: than I expected it <laughs> to. No, that's out.
0: fine. That's fine. I don't, I don't care. It sounds, sounds oh, gnarly, so cool. to, as cool. some might say. Oh, bro, <laughs> it's totally gnarly. so much gnar in this book. Though. Sweet gnar. <laughs> Sweet gnar. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: Christ. We're on a government oh, depopulation shit. list for this episode. It's like we got to clear the gene pool.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, Patrick or Josh, would either one of you like to go next?
7: Yes, one of us would Who would? I could go Patrick, because I know you're going to make it very interesting Oh You, you, are, you, are, a, you are a professor of such things <laughs> Well, we'll see how close you are to reality uh, <laughs> Expectations are high now
4: <laughs> Mine's going to be uh, Strange Tales Featuring Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, by Staranko In the 1960s Oh, there you go I've got a uh, fantastic uh, Nick Fury Agent of Shield uh, uh, graphic novel collection of it, and it's it's amazing. Steranko, of course, is is one of the you know guiding lights of comic book art in terms of storytelling and in terms of just visual impact. He's he still has a huge uh, influence on artists today, and he's like. Probably three generations removed now. You, you know, you'll see you'll see artists who are doing things that they got from another artist who got from another artist who oh, yeah, got from Stranko. Uh But you can watch him just grow and change, and uh, just by leaps and bounds become an amazing uh, visual storyteller in this series. Uh, he started by doing uh, finishes over Kirby layouts for a couple of issues, and then he uh, he started by also having uh, Stan Lee do the script. But by a few issues into his run, he was doing all the art and took over the scripting from Stan Lee. Although the... the uh, uh, dialogue itself, he's still doing warmed over Stan Lee. So it's not great dialogue, but, but his stories are far more complex. And his, his artistic, you know, bravura of doing full page double page spreads. And then towards the end of the run, he does a four page spread, which, which at the time they, they gave you a helpful little note in the book said, well, it looks like you're going to have to buy two issues and put them next to each other. <laughs> But in the, uh, <laughs> but in the collection, they actually have gone to the trouble of having two fold uh, uh, fold-out pages, so you can look at the whole, you know, four-page spread uh, in in its in its glory. It's a giant battle with Shield and and the Yellow Claw, and uh, and it's it's amazing. Sounds awesome. And then, Oh, I I, I recommend it for the incredible art and layouts, but also just for the really nice story. And he goes for about nine issues uh, straight. And you don't realize at first it's going to be a big, long uh, story. It looks like it's just regular episodic uh, comics from the time. But by the time he gets, I think he started about issue number 160, 61, And he wraps it up uh, in uh, 166. And by then, he's introduced a lot of great new characters. He's uh, reintroduced uh, characters from the old Atlas days, from the 50s. Uh, And then he uh, wraps it up with a two-page spread that blows your mind because (laughs) uh, all of the stuff you've been reading, he he does in this one two page spread. I'll just tell you it involves Doctor Doom, and oh <laughs> everything that's been happening up till then is nothing that you even thought it was. It it's one of one of the great runs of the 1960s, and I highly recommend it. And yeah, you can pick up the Snick Fury Agent of Shield uh, collection, uh, and uh, it's just a beautiful piece of art.
0: I love uh, Marvel in the 60s. There's yeah. so much good stuff. Oh well, I mean, obviously, it's it's what spawned what we know today. But <laughs> it's still going. On. But it, I mean, I don't know. I just love that comic reading experience so much more than what you get today. Not that there's good, right? Isn't good writing out there? See, I'm digging myself in a hole. I'm just going to shut up. <laughs> All right, go cool. ahead.
4: Courage of your
3: convictions. <laughs> anyway, what I'm saying now, everything today is shit. Everything that
0: is.
4: <laughs> But the oh. problem is the people, the people reading it
0: and shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jack, you wanna go next? Yeah, I'll go next.
2: So I got the first, the first issue from this, the Tick color series number one. Where'd you get that? Uh, World's Greatest Comics about a couple years ago. That's a beefy comic. Yeah, it was. It's only got ten issues in it too. Huh. The first one, I was kind of surprised because it only has, it's like ten pages long. I got to the end and was like, oh, okay, that's it. (laughs) But it's called, uh, what is it, Uh, Arthur's Birthday, I think. Yeah, Happy Birthday, Arthur. And it starts out, Arthur's in bed, and the Tick's jumping up on the bed yelling, Happy Birthday, come on, it's time to get up, you know, we're going to get into some shenanigans I've got planned, and Arthur just wants to sit home and not do anything. And Tick brings him his birthday waffles with peanut butter and uh, candles on (laughs) them. And he's Too just like, t- <laughs> Yeah, right. Oh, you didn't finish it uh, It's implied
3: at yeah, this point now. The fans know, am that right, fans? <laughs> anyway, send us a message on Twitter if you know <laughs> <laughs> The tick's
2: just like, tick, leave me alone I just want to, you know, just hang at home for my birthday And the tick puts down his uh, birthday waffles And you see on the counter a big jar of pennies That says birthday Arthur's Birthday Fund And another piece of paper that says The Plan And he's like, well, I'm going to go outside And buy your great birthday present so as he's climbing down a ladder, he says something. Well, this is the... There's no time like the present. Well, time is of the essence, and there's no time like the present for a gift. And this, <laughs> <laughs> this guy walking around, he's a homeless guy, and he's just rambling on. He's like, there's no time like the present to buy a present, you idiot. And this other lady just starts making fun of the other guy, calling him a stupid fuck. <laughs> well, the dick ends up going to this toy store where he walks in, and the guy working in there, he's on the phone, apparently yelling at the guy that's supposed to come in and cover his shift because the guy's trying to call off. And the tick asks him if he's got anything great for his little short, chubby sidekick friend, a great present. And the guy's got a pair of 3D glasses. And he's like, yeah, sure, I got something for you. Goes down the basement and he calls himself uh, the Toy Do- Toy de Force. And he's walking, <laughs> he's walking down the... Uh, into the basement, you know, doing the evil hand-rubbing thing. Sure. <laughs> trying to figure out if he's going to give him the electric slinky, the giant Lego, or the giant flesh-eating goofy putty. Then he comes along <laughs> to a big, uh, like, a vault door that said exploding toys. He's like, this will do fine. So he gives it—he He's he t- picks up the bomb, sets it for five minutes, figures this is going to be a long enough time for the tick to take it and leave and then get blown up. Little does he know, the tick— He's an idiot. Yeah. So he comes up and he's like, Here, this is the best gift. It's all gift wrap. He's like, It's going to be 10 bucks. And Tick's like, Sweet, 10 bucks? Yeah. So he opens up his jar, starts counting. One, two, three. So, yeah. and he's like, Oh, hurry, hurry up. That, that should be good enough. He's like, No, no, no. I'm not a cheapskate. I'm going to give you the $10 that it's worth. And he just starts counting. The guy's getting more nervous. And he decides, Well, I'm going to go outside and uh, check the meter. So he goes outside. Then it shows, the panel shows the store, the the doors of the store. And then Tick comes out, and he's like, hey, sir, there's no one inside working. And he's like, well, can you just cover for me for a minute? And Tick's like, okay. And then the next panel just shows a closed door. Then now all of a sudden, it shows the panel of him looking out the door. Hey, can I wear an apron? Just all of a sudden, <laughs> boom, right then, it blows up. And the guy's just like, damn it, I foiled again. And then Tick gets back to the apartment, and he's like, yeah, the uh, toy store blew up, so were no present, and Arthur's like, well, he ended up find, seeing the the plan, the sheet that said the plan. Saw that Tick had a whole bunch of stuff planned, and they're like, well, let's go see a movie. He's like, all right, I'll buy. And he's like, well, it is my birthday. And that was the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when he came back, he's like, well, the jar is still half full. Because he still had a half a jar full of pennies. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, so they didn't have to count pennies at the movie <laughs> yeah. theater. It was pretty, pretty funny. The, the, the humor is so dry, it's hard to, to talk about it and get the same laughs. Or <laughs> right. You're it, cause it, yeah.
0: It's awesome when a uh, comic book can represent the same humor that the show provided. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. uh, Rick and Morty comics are a great example oh, of that. Man. I think they represent the show so well. Mm-hmm. uh Simpsons are pretty good uh every once in a while you'll get a strange feeling from them doesn't feel like the Simpsons but what you know what can you expect after so many years of comics oh, yeah <laughs> there was one that was the next story that all these bad guys this bad
2: guy gang called the trigger men They're just a bunch of guys running wearing like uh, mafia suits carrying guns they had they were trapped in a dumpster that was turned over top of them and you can hear them in the background just bantering and one of them was like where's my hat?" And then later on, another one's like, why why am I wearing two hats? It's stupid stuff like that. You're you're like, what the
3: hell? What is going on here? I am dumber for having read this. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Very cool. Tick Color Series. Very awesome. All right, Josh, would you like to go next?
7: Yes, absolutely. Uh, The one that I've picked came out in 2002 and is, of unfortunately difficult to get a hold of right now. Uh, It is called The Dormant Beast by uh, N.K. Bat and it was released by humanoids. And uh, Bilal is a uh, Serbian who uh, saw some rather nasty stuff in his youth and uh, went on to be a great comic creator but the story of the dormant beast is about a character who's born in Serbia during the uh, Balkan wars he it is set in the near future and he's slowly kind of regressing in his mind going back to those early days remembering that time meanwhile it's paralleled with the futuristic presence, which is a very cyberpunk blade runner type world and that's where things get really kind of interesting because when it came out Uh, I I doubt a lot of people can foresee where things are right now, and what I mean by that is that um, the world is becoming unstable, it's caught in the grip of terrorism, and uh, it's kind of uh, flowing out uh, of—well, there's this one religion that has caused uh, peace and stability in the Middle East, and the consequence is that it's called the obscurest order, which believes in everyone just needs to become a blank slate— And so, in one way, they are radical terrorists, and they're trying to impose this bizarre religion of theirs on all the nations around them and bring peace to the world. But at the same time, their method is kind of like this postmodernist view that people can be erased into blank slates and rewritten. And uh, our lead character, who's kind of slowly regressing back, and there's parallels to the uh, Balkan War and what's happening here, he becomes kind of a pawn in all this. And unfortunately, the series is finished in France, but Humanoids never completed it here because I believe the company had hit uh, financial problems. But the story itself is incredibly engaging, beautifully illustrated. Uh, it works on a lot of different levels. And I would say it is one of the few stories that was actually able to disturb me just by the ideas presented. Right. As well as entertain so
0: Sounds heavy Sounds yeah. something like you'd be into I think so, yeah, I'm
3: listening to this And I'm like, this is checking off a lot of boxes <laughs> yeah. For the next week's Retro Roundtable right. <laughs> Guys, get this It's going to be one of those things Where I lose a lot of friends Because it's the only thing I talk about for three weeks
0: so. <laughs> Don't come back to you over
3: this fact <laughs> right. I'm Whoa. into basketball now I kind of left that other thing
7: but...
0: <laughs> Okay, what was that called again? It's called
7: uh, the dormant beast, the and dormant it's beast. by.
3: That's actually. You know what? No, I was gonna make a joke. Gonna let it. <laughs> gonna let it. Slide. Yeah. <laughs> Forget it. Let's,
0: uh, let's move forward. I saw that I coming think... a mile away. I, I'm so <laughs> transparent
3: these days. I can't... Oh my I mean, joke! He's, so he's gonna do it. He's gonna do
7: it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Continue, Josh. Oh, do you want me to spell out the uh, creator's name? Yes, please. It's uh, Inky Belial, and that's E N K I. B I L A L. all right, cool.
0: He did a lot of lot
4: for uh, Heavy Metal, too. He's yeah. a really good artist. Oh, interesting. Like Heavy Metal
0: Magazine, you mean?
4: Yep. Yes. The, oh, wow. the Heavy Metal Magazine,
0: oh, yeah. Man. man, that was an awesome magazine. Is that still around? I don't know. Uh, yeah, but it was. Yeah, but not what it was. Um, all right, very cool. All right. <clears throat> I'm excited for my comic this what, week, what guys. What is this? What yeah. the hell is this? <laughs> Talk <Don't. laughs> All right. <clears throat> so, I have talked about this series before, and I promised you that I would be talking more about it in the near future. So, guys, I bring to you another episode of The Human Fly! Oh, come on! <laughs> I had seen on YouTube that no. there have been Human Fly
2: videos played.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll touch on that here in a little bit, so... Oh man! Look at the excitement in Jake's face here. (laughs) uh, It's my—I asked for this. I remember saying, like, you know, I want to know more. Well, I mean, you get a, no, you get about the same look into the human fly out of this comic. But after I go touch on this, I learned more about the actual guy, and I feel kind of like a dick sitting here ragging on this comic now. But um, (laughs) it could only be saved if you were there. It's—it's not his fault that the comic is what it is. Um And it says Stanley presents. So now I feel like a big dick. I mean, am I supposed <laughs> to inherently like anything that has Stan's name? No, on it? Come on, be your own person. Okay, I, I like that. He's not your prophet. <laughs> Okay, so this <laughs> this issue is called Murder on the Midway. And what happens, uh, for people at home who don't know, the Human Fly uh, comic, not to be confused with the, the, I think there was a Human Fly Spider-Man villain. This came before him in the 70s and is called the, the uh, wildest superhero ever because he's real. He was based on a Canadian stuntman by the name uh, Rick Roger. And we talked about one of the comics... <laughs> uh, a few weeks back, and uh, it was just kind of it was kind of bland. You can go back at I think it was the rat episode we talked about. It that. was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, here's another offering. This one starts with uh, looks like there's a carnival, and uh, the human flies getting ready to launch, do a uh, stunt where he's launched out of a cannon, and a passing by helicopter with a net hanging underneath it <laughs> is going to catch him.
3: Okay, the ballistic, nice. I can't even imagine. That could You can't imagine right? right Well let's resurrect Werner Von Braun and see if he can figure this shit out
0: <laughs> So the other <laughs> issue I talked about was from the perspective Of I believe his name was Arnie His uh, yeah, like yeah, PR yeah. guy or whatever And how he came to work with the human fly This is told from the uh, perspective Of a little girl named Rachel Who is at this carnival just running around Taking pictures of everything she sees very first page comes this guy, uh, this adult man, snatches that camera from her like he's had his eye on it for some time. I mean, it wasn't just a quick grab and just take off. I mean, look at the veracity he's taken that from her Jesus. I mean, he
3: probably took a hand with him. It's like <laughs> the same pose they use for Thor swinging his hammer. Yes,
0: yeah. <laughs> right. So this guy <laughs> grabs it and he takes off running He's kicking dudes in the face to get away and oh, Lord. He wants this camera this is... And there's a dude waiting on a bike Saying, you know, come on, get on the bike We gotta get out of here <laughs>
3: Steal this one camera?
0: Well, that's what I thought High-priced okay. <laughs> Instamatic yeah, <laughs> right. From <the> sem- 1974, <laughs> yeah uh, So uh, They start making their getaway On the motorcycle And the human fly sees that they're coming his way So what's he do? Is he takes a loading ramp from the truck he's standing behind, moves it about five feet over, and these guys hit it uh, on the motorcycle and go flying into a a hog pen, of all places. How cliche (laughs) could that be? At a carnival? (laughs) I I reckon. I suppose. I suppose so. I'll I'll give him that one. The city fair or something like that. (laughs) 4-H is pissed. So, the human fly then retrieves the girl's camera, and uh, they're like, well, yeah, we don't know why they wanted this camera. The, the film's bad. And the little girl says, well, actually, I had switched the film right before he grabbed it. The good film's right here. So, the little girl, random police officer, human fly, find themselves in a, in a dark room. At the carnival, and, how do <laughs> they have <course>. there? <laughs> right, and they bright up doc, It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's dark darkroom ride. Don't enter with the red light on. <laughs> they developed these photographs, and they see why they wanted the camera so bad it was because the little girl accidentally caught a uh, snapshot of one of the guys sabotaging the cannon. Oh. Human oh. fly is going to be launched oh. out of, so they had to get the evidence back. So it. After they make that uh, realization It cuts straight back to the carnival Where the, the stunt's about to start And little Rachel standing by Watching as her hero's about to be launched Into a net And the cannon goes off boom, And you see the human fly go through the sky And fly right into power lines And just sizzle to a good fucking Christ crisp above. And this little girl's like mortified <laughs> Beneath And I'm thinking my god this got morbid Fast you know a surprise, um, it wasn't the human it was fly a <laughs> It was a dummy That oh. the human fly had put in there <laughs> Clever son of a bitch Look at this one But uh, yeah, so all is well, the ends well They fix the cannon, he comes back, does the real stunt And not only does he land into the net He does an impressive backflip Into that net
3: That's incredible that he wasn't minced by the helicopter
0: yeah. <laughs> <instead>. <laughs> The human fly Good so, lord I uh, got on Google and typed in his name. I couldn't remember the real guy's name, which was Rick Roger. And the first time I read this, I kind of looked on Wikipedia, and there's, like, a two-, three-sentence description of him. (laughs) Got on YouTube. There's a lot more on there. I I thought he was just, like, a passing quick fad that Wikipedia had, but that was about it. No, there's YouTube videos. And I'm going to put some of the audio to, like, uh, he was on, like, talk shows. I'll put some of the audio at the end of this episode. But um, the real guy... From what I've heard, and I haven't found anywhere except for where I heard this in the video, he was in a horrible car accident. He, his wife, and his child. And the wife and daughter, I think daughter, were killed.
3: Oh, geez. And
0: he was nearly killed. And he was, like, reconstructed. Most of his skeleton was, like, reconstructed with, like, metal and wire and stuff. And uh, when he came back, he became a stuntman. And he did only two successful uh, stunts. The first of which he was strapped. He stood on the back of like a uh, of an air, like a airplane, like a, at the airport. You know those big airliners. Yeah. And uh, flew flew him around. And the first time he went out, it started to rain. Huh. Now, imagine the velocity, raindrops hitting you. They said it was so painful, it blacked him out. Like, he was just out. They had to land the plane, well, take him to the hospital. Nice, and they're getting pelted with paintballs. <laughs> yeah, they said they were, raindrops were hitting over 200 miles an hour. I mean, I, I can't imagine. I'm, no, I'll pass. But he did it again and did it more successfully. He just had some wind burn on his legs. His second stunt, he had it out bad for Evil Knievel. And he, we've talked about the stunt he was going to do, jumping uh, the 20-some buses yeah, to yeah. beat Evil Knievel, which he did. But destroyed himself in that accident Well It's on YouTube it <laughs> You can watch really? it on YouTube oh, And it is messed up But um, I guess like as the human fly He was always going to visit sick children and stuff Was oh. kind of a, a humanitarian to the best of his ability So oh, in man. that aspect the I feel like an asshole yeah. But I'm not going after the real Rick Rege, uh human fly. I'm just touching on this Marvel comic here. So did he um, wear
3: that like candy apple red S suit? I thought thing? you were
0: going to say that candy ass red. Should <laughs> <laughs> he wear that little bitch ass suit? Not only did he wear it, wherever you see white, were sequins. Wow, Whoa. that's you know yeah. what that takes some balls to pull off. Oh. I retract my white previous answer. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, white sequins, it's sequins. Yeah, either way, so. Uh, Again, the the video on YouTube. Look up you, the human. You got to be pretty confident. Yeah, too. <laughs> so, I was uh,
2: going to ask if the comic was based on anything real. It was just stories with his
0: character. Uh, yeah, like I don't think game. they've. I mean, mind you, I've, I've got another one of these in the chamber for you guys. <laughs> oh, I, I found as many as I could. So, how many um, issues are there? I don't know how long the run went. I think it was only a few years. Okay, so well, I'm going to buy um, out every copy in Ohio so you can't get can't a hold of it. Yeah. I'm going to find them. <laughs> I'm going to find is. them. You ask the for began. this. Your plan will be foiled. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so Fantastic. yes, the human fly, murder on the midway. Good stuff. Good it stuff. is. I She's always the way that was going, I would say he'd be the hero for this week. <laughs> uh, yeah, he could be. <laughs> but we have a hero. So, yeah. with that, let's just move right into... Real world heroes. Jack, who do we have this week?
2: Keith Miser from North Carolina. He doesn't actually live in North Carolina. He just happened to be there at the time. <laughs> I don't. I didn't catch where he was from. Well, where's he from, Jack? I don't know. I don't know. I just said that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what has Keith done to deserve a spot on the wall of justice? Well, he was in North Carolina because his one-year-old daughter had, had to get a cord blood transplant. She has some kind of rare disease that Oof. she needed this transplant mm. to, to be okay. Uh, but when he was driving, uh, leaving the Duke University Hospital one afternoon, he noticed something unusual. A security guard running along the sidewalk, and farther ahead, a police officer was running. So he pulled over, offered to help. The cop jumped in the minivan and said they were looking for a guy that had fled from a hospital and was up the road trying to catch a bus. So they drove up the road. Uh, The cop spotted the guy and said, that's him. Keith cut across two traffic lanes, opened the door and said, go get him, officer. This is all exactly what he said. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And I quote, Keith is a longtime bartender. He played football and wrestled in high school. Uh, he stuck around to watch you know, what was going down. And he realized after a minute that he was going to have to jump in because the guy in scrubs ended up pinning the cop down on the ground. And then he didn't know if the guy was going to somehow grab his gun because he said the cop was like 5'8", and the, the guy in scrubs was like 6'3". Jeez. So he wasn't a, a big guy. The cop wasn't. Uh, but he ended up running over tackling on the dude, hold him down for more police to come. So was this like a criminal or is this just like a patient trying to get out of the hospital or there was there was something the cops couldn't say to the reporters because there was uh, there was some reason that they were holding the guy. There's some kind of uh whatchamacallit confidentiality thing that they mm. couldn't mention. About. He's
0: contagious. <laughs> that's all, I all <laughs> you can think of. I don't know.
2: But he ended up getting a uh, from the chief of police a a challenge coin, which is just a military coin for special occasions and a nice note. Maybe we should make canned air
0: coins. Yeah. That would be cool. cool. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cost Keith mint. <laughs> to make them, to oh, this Zing, this, this guy right here. Jones. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Take my wife, please. <laughs> and for that, Keith Miser, you have found a spot on our wall of justice. In the Hall of Heroes. That's incredible. I, I am still curious to know why this guy was running and who he was. If yeah.
3: I saw a man who would clearly oh. just escape from a hospital pin down a police officer and be like, oh, that sucks. And then Go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess I I'll, I'll read in about in that, that yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it'll hit the news. Uh, all right. Well with all that behind us, let's just turn our full attention over to Patrick and Josh and talk about Case File Arkham. Her blood runs cold. Thanks again for being with us, guys. Thank you. Loads so, of fun. So uh tell the listeners all about Case File Arkham, which is again currently running on Kickstarter till September twenty fourth, and you guys have buried that goal. Congratulations Damn right to you. Yeah.
7: yeah. Thank you.
0: Thanks. So tell the listeners at home a little bit about Case File Arkham.
7: Well, Case File Arkham, we're on our second book now, but uh, we started, uh, what was it, last year was the first one that came out, Patrick? It was. uh,
4: Actually, uh, uh, it came out in digital last year. I think it was printed
7: early this year. Yeah, so it actually... had not been out very long and took off very, very quickly, uh, which we were thrilled to see. But um, essentially it is, what if Raymond Chandler had been writing stories within H.P. Lovecraft's Arkham.
3: Man, you know, I already which, burned the two great tastes joke, but I'm gonna say oh. it again. There's <laughs> two great taste that tastes that taste great together.
7: Gnarly. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> on a very, that, that is kind of a very basic, simple description of it, but you know, on a deeper level, I would say that the intent was to tell uh, an authentic, you know, noir story that felt like it came out of the 40s, that just so happens to be set in Lovecraft's universe. Um, you know, our detective does not know this stuff exists until by the end of the story. Um, the uh, horror that shows up is sparse at first. Uh, what would you throw in, Patrick?
4: Oh, I'd say the uh, the thing about it is that... Uh uh, we were we were going to do something that had to do with Lovecraft and uh, th- that for a number of reasons. We we're both big Lovecraft aficionados and I had done a lot of uh, Lovecraft-related art in the past for uh, various games like the Call of Cthulhu card game and Arkham Horror board game and things like that. And so, you know, it was sort of a... Uh, for our next pro- we had done a project previously. So for our next project, we thought, you know, it's really natural to do Lovecraft. But as we got to talking about it, uh, we were thinking, you know, it's hard to do a uh, a book really in Lovecraft style uh, that has a, a good main character because the main characters are basically uh, you know wimps and milk toasts who
6: uh, go
7: insane and faint at <laughs> you know, the first sign of a tentacle. Be the story That's just like happens the to them. <laughs> yeah. His yeah. characters, the story happens to them, and it's just the world crushing down on them. The end. <laughs> so then, Josh and I, uh,
4: Josh and I share a love of detective uh, noir, you know, and film noir, uh, both you know, literature and movies. And so it suddenly just dawned on us, like, hey, why, why not uh, put together a you know, the, the cool characters and situations from the noir genre and the cool uh, horror and creatures and whatnot from uh,
0: Lovecraft. And then we were just off and running. Can we expect then Cthulhu to make any kind of appearances or anything? <laughs>
7: Absolutely not. Oh, <laughs>
3: never. I, I imagine when but, you're working with that setting, it's the temptation to just go right off the deep end immediately has got to be overpowering. You're just like, no, and then no, he explored yeah. the bar, and then, oh, shug offs everywhere. It's just.
7: <laughs> that was well, no, no, that precisely what I wanted to avoid. Uh, we're doing know, some deep was,
4: cuts. We're definitely doing things from Lovecraft, but it's uh, stuff that. Uh, you know, Lovecraft fans will know.
3: Right, I, I respect uh, the restraint. Is is what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, it's just because yep. there's there's so much in that setting that's exciting, and I can imagine yeah. wanting to include so many things, but knowing when and
0: where. Yeah. Exactly. Know. Exactly. But, but right. if, like we're doing, if we're doing
4: our job, if we're doing our job right, you don't have to know a thing about either genre to enjoy it, because we're we're trying to explain things as we go. Sure.
0: Right, and it's a good homage to all those H.P. Uh, Lovecraft fans out there you know like you were saying those are the only people who will probably really pick up on it if you're not familiar with the word
4: and and josh has been just writing the heck out of it he's uh uh done what what i would consider to be even if you took all the lovecraft out of it it's it's a classic noir story that just hits on all cylinders you know it's like a uh Something that could have been made in 1948, yeah, easily. If you if you took the monsters out of it, like, wham, wow, would be a slam dunk.
7: They'd right. uh, they'd okay it at RKO. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, just uh, if if Pikmin had just been just a killer, yeah, uh, that uh, that would it would run as just a straight classic noir story. And so that was the first. Uh, First graphic novel was uh,
4: based on Pikman's model as sort of our basis. It's, it's like, like a takeoff definitely One card.
3: of my top three. I love those Ugh. really like canine ghouls with the long muzzles and the. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I went off on a tangent. I just love those. That
4: <laughs> I think you'll like it. And so now our second one that we're currently kickstarting is a, uh, a whole other graphic novel that. It features uh, some of the same characters in the same world that we created in the first one, but it's a standalone story. Her blood runs cold,
7: uh, picks up. I'm kind of supposing about three months later after the uh, Pikmin case, uh, you do not you don't you don't need to read the first book to get it, although you'll get more out of it if you do. Uh, you know, of course, the character has now developed some our hero, detective Hank Flynn does now know that uh, Arkham's a lot more screwed up than anyone ever thought, <laughs> <and> <laughs> that monsters are real, uh, that apparently magic is a thing, and that there are uh, more things uh, in heaven than on earth that, well... And, the, and, and, there, and there's fish people in Innsmouth. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> you can pick
4: any person
3: out of a crowd and there's a fish three or four generations back in their bloodline.
7: Actually, the thing that I was thrilled about is the way that we handled that in the first book. He doesn't know if that was just a hallucination from getting the absolute crap kicked out of him. He still doesn't know if that really happened.
3: I hate to break it to him, but there's kind of a fish person situation in that town.
0: <laughs>
4: yeah. He's going to have to face it sooner or later. Yeah, right.
0: So you guys, like we mentioned earlier, have blown away your Kickstarter. Now, are you? what kind of stretch goals do you have to uh, for supporters who uh, still want to throw some money your guys' way?
7: Well, I would say the biggest stretch goal of them all is that the uh, more money we make, inevitably, the more content we'll put in the book. I mean, oh. uh, if there is one thing that uh, Patrick and I both have... Uh, you were, you were talking about restraint with the monsters? No, no. There are a lot of restraint when it comes to the supernatural elements. You know, we really, really want to keep this grounded in, you know, believable until the last minute. Uh, where we don't have restraint is content. Mm. You know, we are perfectionists, and we love to tell a story. Uh, so that is the ultimate stretch goals. The, the more we can work with, the more we can put into this, and the more time effort and content uh but some of the other ones well uh,
4: just to be uh uh official about it the the official one is if we go to double our original uh goal we will we will add a definitely an extra 20 pages of content to oh the wow the novel.
0: wow that's, but, that's, but i should <laughs> that's, that's awesome if, I
4: should I should uh, say just to blow our own horn in the first graphic novel (laughs) we uh, and there's a reason Josh and I aren't wealthy Uh, in the first graphic (laughs) novel we we didn't reach a a certain goal that we did reach our our goal and we went over it by a good amount but we didn't get to the point where we were going to fully fund extra pages so uh, instead we went ahead and just did them for free
7: (laughs) oh wow well yeah well it was supposed to be a 65 page book turned into what a 110 page book because you and i just started talking said look we can't do this justice if we don't tell this part of the story it's just we have to
0: yeah you're already putting all this much uh love and time into it you know you might as well portray it the way you want it to be portrayed
7: well, yeah. fortunately, the uh, the fans have uh, made it financially possible and made it financially worth it. So uh, thank you that you like the book that much. Um, <laughs> yeah, you guys have so, an yeah.
0: awesome fan base, which is clearly evident from your uh, guys' Twitter and your Kickstarter. Absolutely.
7: But as far as uh, stretch goals go, uh, I'm, I'm going to the uh, Kickstarter right now. Um Well, I mean, mainly a lot of it is mini... uh, We'll get, like, more prints from Patrick. You know, more of uh, Patrick's uh, artwork will be uh, included in the final package of just... We have mini prints, we have full-size prints... Uh, also, we're going to have a bonus pinup. Uh, one of the uh, incentives is a pinup set of various characters in the story, and we will include another pinup. This is, um, this is the one with uh, with the uh, good-looking gals. Uh, yes. print hey, set. hey, yeah. hey! Yeah.
4: hey. The, the nineteen, the, the uh, period-specific nineteen forties version of the word pinup, which yes. really meant a good-looking woman, scantily clad, oh, very
0: classic. There's a definition very, very, very I can classic. get on. Yeah. <laughs> Think Varga, yeah. I'm behind any kind of Uh, pinup. I like (laughs) pinups. I like pinups. So you have my uh, you have my support there. Now, for people uh, going to check out, obviously, can go to Kickstarter.com. They can also check out our website. We're going to have a link up for you to go to. But I wanted to also touch with uh, the publishing company. It's Zero One Publishing. Yes. ZeroOnePublishing.com. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? I know I've been in contact with Kat, who is the, I believe, the,
7: the head of that, right? Yeah, she, she's the owner of the company. Uh, well, Zero One started up about uh, three to four years ago, I believe, um, with the sole intent of, originally it was just comics, and now it's also uh, prose, but the sole intent of creating high-end, high-quality stories that uh, broke boundaries, that didn't play it safe, and were aimed at adults and for, you know, a kind of a literate audience. Um, there's absolutely nothing wrong with popcorn entertainment. Uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with entertainment that is, uh, you know, PG or PG-13, but these books are rated R. Right. <laughs> these books are rated R, they have uh, heavy plots, and uh, I don't know, I'll, I'll probably tell a complete pretentious snob. Uh, <laughs> intelligent adults need books, too. Need, comics need to exist no so, I, know, I know what yeah, you mean you know.
0: I know exactly what you mean and I, I was poking around on the website and just some of the titles on there everything looked so awesome and like you're saying very uh, very adult and very uh, I, I don't know if graphics the word I'm just I'm excited to look further into it I guess is the point I'm trying to get at here I, I think like what they books do is picked...
4: they do stuff
0: that's adult in the real sense of the word it's yeah, every yeah, sense, it's right. not
3: well that's awesome um, well, we can also now, when we talk adult horror, we're, we're talking Clive Barker. <laughs> that's that's another yeah. one of my uh, one of my words that you
7: sort of I perk up immediately. Like, Who said
0: Clive? <laughs> <laughs> somebody, somebody <laughs> said Clive.
7: <laughs> Very cool. Um, so yeah, another another way that I've often phrased it is, you know, the work published by Zero One is vivid and visceral.
0: Oh, there you go. Two superb words. Two great adjectives. Two great. I like that. that I like that. <clears throat> <together>. <laughs> <laughs> that was harsh.
3: Yeah, You've got a problem. You're going to have
7: to cut that one out in post. Oh no, it's staying. <laughs> you got to learn your lesson. On <laughs> but, uh, but on the other, on the flip side of things, you know, parents do not give case file Orkham to your kids. Oh really, shoot, yeah, really? I need don't. to talk to the post office right quick.
3: <laughs> I just sent it to a group cousins. of five-year-olds.
0: Yeah.
7: <laughs> hey, You'd be kid, shocked at conventions. Okay. You would be shocked.
0: Well, it's a beautiful book from what we've seen so far. Um, I mean, of the, the first one, we got sent a digi- digital copy, and we haven't had a chance to delve into it since we bumped the show up. But, my God, I, I've seen a lot of black-and-white books, but I've never seen one that's so well-defined at the same it's time. You know what I mean? Crisp and clean. Very everywhere. crisp, very clean. It's, it's gorgeous, and it portrays the uh, feeling, I think, that you guys are trying to oh, well Spot on.
7: Yeah, We came in Thanks. with the theory that the art should uh, serve the story. That, you know, if we were telling a different story, like we did World War Kaiju together, that whole thing's done in color. It looks like it's shot like a technicolor film from the uh the 60s oh nice i mean it has that really uh, garish color palette this you know the artwork needed to kind of match that 1940s grim and gritty german expressionist look oh you man
3: if you had given me half a second i would have said look i'm really into german expression
2: thanks
4: yeah i had not uh, ever done a uh uh a comic in uh, this black and white ink style before. I, Before that, I'd done comics, uh, you know, over the years, off and on, a couple of graphic novels that were all uh, painted style and uh, in Photoshop and painter and things like that. And so this one, I said, well, I've got to buckle down and just do it all with ink. And it turned out to be really fantastic i thought wow why why have i not done this all these years <laughs> so, awesome, yeah. and then and then when an the opportunity came up to do a second one i was just uh, all over it yeah it's well,
3: crazy okay, it was your get... first time too <laughs> yeah i had to see there's more oh. on the way yeah yeah, yeah.
7: Oh, thanks. Well, it's kind of interesting because uh the uh the process for me i mean it was just i, I spent nine months uh doing the uh Tuning and tweaking and just making the script perfect. Right. And by the end of it, I, I feel like I had spent months smashing my head into a wall to get it just right. <laughs> and I was thoroughly burnt out. And uh, again, uh, are four letter words okay? Yeah, uh, yeah right ahead. I mean. okay. By the end of it, you know, the book's done. I'm thrilled with it. My, you know, my thought is fuck this book. I'm done. <laughs> I am done. I'm not doing another one for a year or two. Fuck this book.
3: If you're not suffering, are you even really creating?
7: I mean, (laughs) hey, hey, very well said But then two weeks later, I had an outline script. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) We were already talking about ideas for the second book,
4: like, you know, the next day and uh, work latins for punishment.
3: Yeah. Uh, well, I'm really glad you guys like it, though. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to need you to continue making things that evoke Clive Barker, Lovecraft, and German expressionism all at the same time so that I may continue to survive in this realm. This is what I <laughs> feed on to keep myself strong.
0: I think you're making a guy horny. Right <laughs> a little bit.
4: Well, the, uh, the, the first book touches on it a little bit. The second book, we really delve into the whole psychosexual part of horror. And I think you're going to like it a lot.
3: I am inclined to agree. <laughs> <laughs>
7: so, uh, the first one's theme was, uh, you know, he, our character's a war vet uh, coming back from the South Pacific, and he's come back to an America that, you know, he thought they were making a better world, and he came back to an America that's, well, film noir, you know? It's, it's grim, it's gritty. Right. And it's him trying to find his place. He thinks he's a man with a who's all past and no future. And the kind of the themes were finding oneself and what's the difference between a man and a monster. Uh, The second book is more about uh, the fine line between uh, love and obsession. So I'll leave it at that.
0: Okay, the Kickstarter ends September 24th. After that, do you guys have any kind of uh, like idea when this book's going to hit shelves for
7: people who maybe didn't support? About a year. But really, if you want this book to be great, support it now seriously
0: yeah absolutely well we're going to have yeah. links on the website uh, we'll not only to the word yeah not only to kickstarter but to right. zero one com and uh, anywhere else you guys might want do you guys have uh, twitter handles
4: uh, um, yeah i'm uh p <clears throat> Mac arts letter p m a
0: c a r t s on twitter Mac arts all right what about josh uh, josh Underscore Finney. Oh, easy enough. Cool. We'll, we'll also tag you guys on uh, Twitter there. We'll get as much uh, promotion for you guys, help reach that stretch goal. That'd be so awesome to double that amount.
7: Uh, Absolutely. That be a, and well, there's yeah. still
0: plenty of time. I think. Of time. Yeah, sure. we've got two weeks, yep. guys. We wish you all the best of luck and uh, thanks again for being with us today, guys.
7: Hey, thank yeah. you very much for having us
4: on. Oh, uh, one more thing, if I can throw it in. Uh, yeah, another book I did is hitting the stands uh, this week. <laughs> uh, it's uh, Lost in Space, The Lost Adventures. Uh, I did the uh, cover and all the interior art. It's from American Gothic Press.
0: Oh, right. wow. Lost in Space, like the old, oh, uh, the old TV series. Yeah, yeah. yeah they,
4: they actually got a hold of a couple of scripts that weren't produced from the series, and oh, they've wow. turned them into arcs wow. of this comic.
0: Good. That's awesome That is really cool That re- reminds me of a uh, Batman uh, 66 comic That was put oh, out Two-Face Yeah, the yeah. Two-Face episode uh, yeah. That was never aired They made the comic And it was awesome hmm. Freaking awesome I wish they would have though But anyway <laughs> Very cool Thanks Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to candarepodcast.com Where you
2: can see show highlights Guest info Listen to the show Follow us on all all our social media. Visit the Hall of Heroes and see the Wall of Justice. Check out some of the videos from our YouTube
0: page. And if you want to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. Don't forget to find us on Twitter at canned pod and on Instagram at Cand underscore air. Um, one thing I'm going to be putting up on the website, hopefully we can put up on the website and maybe as I sell this to the people, you can tell me if it's feasible or not, but I'm going to be putting up a PDF, a printable PDF for all the people at home to uh, print out. It's going to be, the canned air uh, can label that you can print off cut out, put around your own soup can and then we would like uh, fans to take pictures of uh, the can just in different odd places wherever you think would be cool and send it to us so we can put them on the website
3: I want to see cans around the world not to be confused with the website cans around the world where they take that (laughs) to a slightly different definition
2: cans around the world did it
3: (laughs) I like that cans around the world. You, it's a decent I, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just saying it's different, it's all.
0: But it's good to have you back, Jake. It's uh, great to
3: be back, guys. I've been missing this. Yeah. You know, yeah three yeah. weeks without this experience, I'm yeah, starting to get weird week. and irritating yeah. to the people around me when I have no outlet for this <laughs> shit. Uh, Last week. Same time, normal? Nope. We're taking the week off. Like, oh. oh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll fix this week. I think I was hanging out with a friend of mine at times, like, anyway, you should go. I got the show later. Same time, guys? Oh. oh, are you serious? You want to stay for something?
0: <laughs> Don't leave me alone. <laughs> His friend
2: left and he was sitting there by himself.
0: Oh, goodness. You're back in good company, Jake.
3: It's good to be back.
0: Well, until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I am Jake Runyon. Josh Finney. Patrick McAvoy. Thanks for listening everyone.
5: Now where I belong, girl. But I got to settle down, I can't be a whore. I ain't gonna just sleep with any fish no more. I found me a lover, a brother who's a cross-dressing pike named Trish. And together we are gay fish, gay fish, gay fish, yo Motherfuckin' gay. Man, I'm, gay I'm a fish, yo, yo, you a gay fish, gay fish. Now where I belong, girl. Making love to other gay fish, gay fish.
6: Seven years ago, uh, where this human-fly uh, idea entered my mind when I was in a hospital. <laughs> uh, actually, uh, this is uh, I, I just. That's this, a there, this, this actually, is, it's a this very a seri- serious, a serious uh, part. I was in the hospital for four years, and uh, I saw a lot of bad things. Unfortunately, uh, Vietnam War veterans and children uh, that. Uh, weren't exactly uh, put together properly. And uh, this is what I'm dedicating my career to, uh, professing to be the greatest daredevil in the world over the next period of five, six years. Uh, I plan to uh, exhibit the greatest stunts or the greatest feats, if that's the word you want to use, uh, ever deemed imaginable. I have a an enemy uh, course that has been in the business for years. Uh, I don't want to mention any names but he happens to be from montana and he jumps motorcycles you know and uh oh but uh his, his, his name is uh, i don't want to mention any names but i hope he's watching his you know, name I, is benevolent uh yeah something like right, that yeah yeah, yeah he's well, an evil person right? he's been a thorn on my side and i've been a thorn in his side are you going to try uh, to out evil can evil evil? i don't have to my stunts that i'm going to be doing over the next six years or more space-age type. Uh, as you know, I have to hang, you know, hand my hat off to the gentleman because of he started daredevilism. But I'm finishing it, and that's it. Uh, if it doesn't finish you first. True enough. I want to know what stunt you're going to do. Now you've ridden the airplane, what else? Well, at the present time, uh, I'm undergoing training right now to uh, attempt a stunt that uh, will be done in the next, within the next three months that uh, actually requires me to be in actually ble- better shape than if you can believe this than muhammad ali because it is so completely dangerous uh i have to be in in such physical what are you going to, fight a killer shark no no nothing like that uh, I matter of fact gonna i understand knievel's going to do that next time i'm very curious to see well, what what, I, what are you going to do well i can't announce the next one but i can announce further ones down the road uh we are having a a boat bill for us which is we hope to break uh, the world speed record on the boat but uh, we're not only doing breaking the sp- speed record in the boat but i'm also going to do it across the bermuda triangle mm-hmm. and i'm going to do a triple threat there and of course uh, my missile jump which will be approximately next year or sometime we're I'm going to be jumping uh, strapped on the outside of a rocket uh, from France to England, 22 miles across English
5: town. Is this serious now? Are you really going to do that? If, if I. Seriously, honest. I might comment on that. Everything that we are doing, first of all, credibility is the name of the game. We are establishing credibility. And we've done this by putting them on the outside of a plane. Now, that's uh, the one we That's number seen. one. Yeah. OK. Everything that we do is researched. And a team of qualified engineers are working on all kinds of engineering devices that will enable the fly or assist the fly in doing some of the things that he wants to do. Now, we're currently working on two projects. And we are also, if I might add, uh, we will not be doing these until we finalize arrangements with uh, one of the networks of the United States that will carry these stunts across the country. This is our, our main objective. And this is when all the merchandising material will break once we're nationally across television. And uh, the last event that we did received extensive coverage in Canada, Europe, and the United States, and it's a gradual buildup. On airplane. Now, why don't yeah, you oh, tell? Yeah. You, if, you're, if you're looking for publicity, why won't you tell a national Canadian audience what Canada's first national is oh, going to do for his Peter next Oh, you're looking for a scoop, Peter You're looking for a scoop. Of We're not ready I am. for it. We're not ready for it. We're going to make a, f- a formal announcement formal news at news conference, conference,
6: which is coming up shortly. Uh,
5: is, the, is the CN Tower involved in any way?
6: Oh, that's that's long That's the last one. Uh, what? You're going to jump off the CN Tower? Uh, well, none of my people want me to, but uh, it was in my original plans that stem from seven years ago. Uh, I planned to uh, take a dive off the 1,535-foot level into a 20-foot tank of water. Do you know when? Uh, and furthermore, do you know why? <laughs> well, to be, to, be honest, to be honest with you, the whole motivation is, as we said, we are, we are uh, uh, Canadian Incorporated company. Uh, It's called human fly spectaculars, Montreal We're out to set one goal Uh, First of all to prove that we are the greatest daredevils in the world. We are Montreal Canadian we are a Canadian based company and uh, We can do things better than the Americans can well and uh, Especially my friend mr. Knievel
3: Board. I wish we were buzzed. Let's drink Daddy's cough syrup. This is where he keeps the good stuff. You don't need
0: drugs to get high. Doc! You just need the Canned air podcast. That's good, good advice. Now we know. And no one is half the battle. Just one question. What are you doing outside the window? Ha <laughs> ha! Tell your mama to call me.
6: G.I. Joe!
1: hmm um well hey podcast listener my name is vince and i'm the host of a show called the rr show stands for reddit readings we're gonna sit down twice a week and i'm gonna bring you the most entertaining stories from all the best subreddits that exist online things like malicious compliance petty revenge hey lady i don't work here oh there's so much more